spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Friday. Ah, it's the Gatos and Chad Show, and Chad is off today. Gail Bass is in. Goodness gracious, it is great to see you. My favorite TV star. I'm glad you didn't think I was too old to fill in. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, so let's jump right into it, all right? Uh, Speaking of uh, age and all that kind of stuff, first of all, my rule is I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. I never watch these channels. Uh, I think they're garbage, and I just don't look at them. But... We will talk about something that one of, of, of CNN's guys had to say. Uh, Don Lemon does, I guess, a morning show. All right. So let's, it, I don't want to make it about him because to be honest, I don't care about him. I do care what he said. And I want to know why someone would say it. Okay. So here's what he's talking about. And it's about age. Okay. Uh, Nikki Haley's running for president and she's 51 years old. And basically, she came out and said, listen, we can't have a president who's over 75. That's basically what she said. We can't have a president who's over 75. They're not in their prime. All right. Here's what the CNN host uh, said. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking about? Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you look, if you Google, when is a woman in her prime? It'll say twenties, thirties and forties. Oh, he's digging a hole. <laughs> All right, Gail. Uh, we'll play a little bit more and then. You, uh, yeah, I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like child bearing or are you talking about prime for being president? Isn't it wonderful? He said it in front of a bunch of women. Oh, gosh. Sorry, Google it. Everybody at home. Hey, Google it. Yeah, Google it. That's a great response. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s and 40s. Okay, we got the point. Yeah. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I'm 53. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's, uh, you know what? I took up riding a motorcycle, which some people would find questionable in the first place, <laughs> at over 50. Okay. Um, I'm going to be 54 in a month. So um, I feel like I'm just getting better. Yeah. So, and you know what? When a woman is in her prime is when a woman knows who she is, what she's about and what she can do, what her power is, what her limitations are, that she's, that you're forever learning. And that, um, I feel like, you know, I scored a big deal because I got a guy who wanted a woman who was it because we met on a dating site. Mm-hmm. And before that, he went to a matchmaker and he she said, well, how old do you want the woman to be? And he's like, OK, bottom age, 45. Right. She's like, are you kidding? He's like, I don't. What are you going to talk about with a younger woman? So, you know, we old gals, <laughs> as, my, old. Oh as my, my uncle says, these women, when my uncle, who was a preacher, became a widow, yeah. he said, these women are fully equipped. <laughs> they got furs. They got Cadillacs. They got houses. They don't need me. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, even if you They want, don't need Don Lemon to tell them they're in their prime. You talk about like, all oh, this is my life. All right. You know, was I in my prime at, at 20? Five, let's just say. Are you kidding Make me? Make it procreate until they're in their 70s. I don't think we're talking about procreation, though. I think we're talking about 
you know, w- where you are in the world, possibly. Oh, that's totally and, what he's talking about. Course. And I and I, I didn't know what I was doing I'm at 25. I'm not going to say anything about John. All I'm going to say about this is that a woman's age is not indicative of where she is at her prime. Okay. Some, uh, like uh, Bev Smith, uh, Bevy Smith likes to talk about later being greater. She's an African-American woman talking about her later half is better than her first half. And that's biblical thinking here. And you know what? I'm okay being 53. I'm okay. I know so much more than I knew in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. So, so is, are you in your prime right now? I think I Were am. you in your prime 10 years ago? I was in my prime then because that's as old as I was. Yeah. But well, my prime is when I can walk, I can get up and walk and hike, ride a motorcycle, travel. I can work. I've got my faculties. I have all those blessings. I'm in my prime. Yeah. When I start getting up and I can't move the hips, that's when I'm going to be like, well, those days are over. I haven't said that about anything yet. So what what defines prime? Health? Okay. Um I mean, status? Is that is well, that it? I think what Nikki Haley was talking about, about the 75, is the mental acuity. I do, too. I think, it, I think that's right. Because I don't think, and I've said this before, Trump is not mentally competent to be president. Why? Because he thinks the election was rigged. That's, you're not in the right sort of, of mind frame to be the president. Joe Biden is 80 years old. I don't think he's in the right frame of mind. I think he, oh, he's certainly lost a step. I'm not one of these guys who says he's he's got Alzheimer's or he doesn't know, he can't remember, and all that, but he's certainly not in his prime. There are two guys right there, not in their prime, shouldn't be president. Um, but in terms of what, what, what puts you into your prime, we heard what Don Lemon said, and who cares about him, but I think the conversation is interesting. I don't know, for me, I, I felt, I'm 49, 40s, I, I, boy, am I in my prime. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't at 20. And it wasn't at 30. So if you were to ask me to answer the question, I'd probably say starting, you know, mid 40s, maybe. Yeah, I ran. A ma- I think I ran my first marathon and only, by the way, hey, when I was in my 40s, more than me. <laughs> when I was in my 40s, right. I think that's when I did it or late 30s. So I was like, it wasn't until I got to that age where I started doing stuff and challenging myself physically. And I, I think the older you get. The more you challenge yourself physically, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I'm not, you know me, I'm not one of these guys that goes to the gym. I don't like any of that stuff. But when I go and play softball or, or something like that, I play like I'm 19. Now, I don't move like I'm 19, but in my head, I'm 19. So if there's a ball that I know I might be able to get, I'm going to die for it at 49 years old. And you know what? I'll pay for it the next day. But I think the older you get, the more you have to challenge yourself. And part of the reason, you know, Chad always makes fun of me playing softball every Friday. Part of the reason I play it is because it makes me feel young. Well, I ran, and then I feel old the next day, but well, that's okay. You know what? I this morning when I was doing my exercise and I like hiked the other day. I have a my I got a mountain bike for Christmas right. two years ago, and I do that. And this morning I was like, well, I'm going to run. I haven't run in a while, so I decided to run, and I made sure that I did at least thirty minutes running. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm not home yet, so I can walk the rest of the way. But I will run a minimum of 30 minutes because they want you to be consistently active for 30 at least. But I'm doing that. You know why I'm doing that? I'm doing that for 70-year-old Gail. 80-year-old Gail is who I'm doing this for. I'm not doing it for anybody who thinks I'm in my prime. I want to be an older person who they say, oh, she's still doing that 5K. And you know she's she's 83, right? She's moving around still. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
All right. Plus, so, I got melanin, so there's right. that well, with the, 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 the skin stuff. I'll play the lemon uh, clip here just so everybody knows what we're talking about again. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking about? Wait. I, All right. And then all hell broke loose. And I guess he apologized. But... Uh, you know, when are you in your prime? What age are you are you in your prime? I I, I don't know. Certainly, uh, Nikki Haley's fifty one. Yeah, that's prime right there. That's you're you're in your prime. I, I mean, think you're in your prime. She's been a governor. Yeah, and she's been uh, the secretary. Uh, she's been uh, the, our ambassador to the UN. So I, I she's just hitting her stride. I think so too. I think regardless so too. of political party or anything, that's when a woman is hitting her stride right there. All right. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, uh, how does the NFL feel about the new Cardinals head coach saying he wants his team to be violent? I thought I thought we were getting away from the violence. Well, I, I kind of like it. Of course you do. Uh, we're going to talk about it next on the Gatos and Chad show. And uh, Gail Bass is in today. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Uh, hey, uh, Gail, you ever hear me on the Broomhead Show with the uh, Gatos Q? It's fantastic. Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I make him giggle. <laughs> That's what people say. Hey, when you go on with Broomhead, he he giggles like a little kid. I try. I, you I, are fun. I, I try and ha- make him laugh. I try and make him laugh right out of the gate because he does that little giggle, and it's very funny to me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> at 8.50 every day, I'm on with uh, Mike, and here's the Gatos Q at uh, KTAR.com, right side of the page. Look at my gorgeous face right there. Lovely. A vision a vision <laughs> on a webpage. Sun superstar Kevin Durant was officially introduced Thursday uh, at what really was a rally uh, down at the arena. Question is, will the Suns win the NBA title this year with uh, KD? Yes or no? Uh, the number one answer is 74% say no. Wow, you guys stink out there. Goodness gracious. Wow. Why not? What do you think? Uh, will they? I mean, it's as close as they're going to get. I think that they have a great shot. Let me ask you a question about this. Now that they have this superstar player, and the way that I always say it is, the Suns' best player isn't Devin Booker anymore. It's it's Kevin Durant. He's one of the top 12 mm-hmm. greatest players that ever lived. Let's say that the Suns go to um, the uh, the finals. Or let's even bring it into the workplace, okay? Uh, you're you're at work. You're, you're doing a project. It's huge, all that kind of stuff. If you give your all, if you try as hard as you possibly can, and you don't reach your goal, are you a failure? Well, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win. Somebody has to win. And right. I I mean, because failure place, is such a second place is you lost. Yeah. But yeah, somebody has. But the person who wins has to win against somebody. So right. there you go. I mean, it, and if they go to the finals, how huge is that? That's like a, a feather in your cap regardless. Yeah, I said it. It's uh, it's win the NBA title or bust for the Suns right now. That's all there is. It's not a great performance in the in the finals against maybe the Celtics. It is a win. That's all it that's I don't want I, I don't care how you win, just win. Oh yeah, no, I sure I'll, I'll if he cheats, I, you know, I'm going to be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Give me a win. All right, speaking of sports. Deflate the basketball if you need to. Is right? that what you're saying? Yeah, no, do what don't you need do, to do. Don't do it. No, don't play dirty, of course. <laughs> um hey, uh the Cardinals have a new uh, head coach. This is what he said yesterday. You think the NFL is ticked? 
This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable, we're going to be violent, we're going to be explosive, and we're going to be smart. Violent. Uh, I don't think that's the term he I would have used. It's a violent I, game. It is a violent game, but do you want to bring highlight that? I like like it. who's gonna? As a fan, gonna, I like it. It's but. like, hmm, do I want my kid playing for somebody who says we're going to be violent, or I, I want somebody who says we're going to be successful? Hey, wise man, look up uh, the word of violent and read me the definition. I want to you know, let's let's get the exact definition because violent almost to me sounds like you're going out of your way to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Violent is an adjective. Using or involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill oh, someone or right? something. Oh, that's what I said. I knew it. I, I knew it. My vocabulary is amazing. I think a lot of us knew what violent meant. Okay, but maybe. I, I, <laughs> but, but I think uh, I, I don't want anybody to be hurt, hurt right? because we have the CTE problem. Sure. So There's a reason that, we, that we've that we you know changed all the rules. I mean... You can't if you're if you're a defensive player and you take the quarterback down, you cannot put your body weight on him anymore. You can't do that. You obviously can't hit each other in the head anymore. That's violent. And that's bad for both of you. It's bad for both of you. There's it's true. But, you know, as a fan, I mean, as a as a fan, the Cardinals have been anything but Violent, You know, when I see them go out and they play, and I've had the season tickets, and, you know, for a couple of years, they can't win at home at all. They go out there, and they're just like, well, we'll see what happens. Okay, and I'm, I'm like, eh, maybe a little violence is good. Okay, I was camping at Quartzsite on Sunday, and apparently there was a big game in, in Glendale. There was. So, <laughs> would you say that the Kansas City Chiefs were violent in the way they won? They no. came back from behind? No. So, they won a Super Bowl without being violent. Yeah. So... So is this a game where, you know, I, I with chess, it's a game of strategy, not violence. But, you know, to win things, you have to have a good strategy. So aren't there strategies out there? Haven't there, haven't there been people who studied enough football film where they can realize they could win a Super Bowl without violence, but with strategy? Or yeah. am I just being Pollyanna-ish? I, I mean, it is, it is a violent game in nature. There's no yes. doubt about it. When yes. you're running down the field and you're hitting someone as hard as you possibly can, that's violent. Maybe he's the only guy that says, hey, this is how you win. Because when you're in the trenches, I mean, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to take your, the guy's head off without hitting him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without hitting, but there's so many different rules. I mean, the kickoff, you don't even see a kickoff return very often anymore because they kick it all the way into the end zone because they don't want that player catching into the five and coming out full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, I'll tell you, I think the NFL does not like the way, just to taking a guess, either they don't care and they're like, it's the Cardinals, no one's listening. But, <laughs> but you know, when you say we're going to win games and we're going to be violent. Well, you know, are we going to eventually get to flag football? Is that what it's going to be soon? No, I hope not. No, no, no. Well, I mean, are Better we going to stop boxing? Boxing is violent. You know that new sport where you slap people in the face? Have you seen that? That's unbelievable. Uh, no, I haven't, and I'm kind of glad I never heard of that. W- wise man, what is that called? Slap slap people in the face sport. Yeah, I call it stupid. I can't remember the name they're using. It's basically there's... Uh, Power slap? Is that it? You have it? Two, two people that are facing each other, and they take their hand and slap the person across the face as hard as they possibly can. I th- you That's know what? violent. That's, I mean... It's awesome. You know, that could get you arrested <laughs> if you do that to your spouse. Of course, of course, but this That's, is all legal. Ah, oh, this is... It's power slap. It's owned by the slap. same people as uh, the UFC. Uh, of 
I don't think that's a good thing. All right. Well, we, we, we've got a couple minutes till uh, Becky Lynn uh, delivers us the news. I'm going to show you this, okay? Oh, my gosh. Oh, here we go. All right. But up next is Becky Lynn. She's going to read the news. But to Gail, you and I are going to interrupt and react to the day's top story, something we like to call holding up the headlines next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. It's 3.30 and you know what that means. It's time for us to hold up the headlines. With those headlines, ladies and gentlemen, Becky Lynn. All right. Here we go. Arizona's immigration crisis. The situation at the border has been a hot topic of conversation in Arizona. Now it's catching the eyes of national leaders. Arizona Representative Juan Siscomani joined House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in Cochise County yesterday to tour the border. Siscomani told the Mike Broomhead Show the committee got to see the parts of the border where drugs and people are being smuggled rather than just crowded ports of entry. The ones that are camouflaged and hiding and wearing the booty so they can't be tracked. Uh, they're carrying backpacks with to know that these are the, the really bad actors, and that's very unique to Cochise County. Siskamani emphasized that the border is a bipartisan issue that needs to be addressed. Shira Tanzer, KTAR News. One Democratic congressman tells KTAR the approach to the border needs to be holistic. In an exclusive interview with Arizona's Morning News, Congressman Ruben Gallego explains nothing on the border is an isolated incident. This needs to be a whole solution, right? And it means that you have to have border security and you have to have immigration reform and you have to also deal with the refugee crisis. And they're all interconnected. He adds that it's important to remember the border is not just about tragedy, it's also an economic asset. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. All right, so those two politicians that were in your story, Becky Lynn, yap, yap, yap. All they do is talk. All these politicians do is talk. No action. Let's just talk about it. Let's keep talking and talking and talking. Let's do nothing. Let's just talk about it. Let's complain about it. Okay. And we'll do it next week and we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do all they do is all they do is complain. All they do is talk about it. They don't do anything. They don't do anything to stop it. I just want to thank all those people who come and spend money in Arizona. Yeah. Cause that's basically what they're doing. It has not moved the needle not one bit. Now, uh, the only good news is that in January, the numbers, uh, the number of people coming across the border in Arizona fell by 40%. And, you know, is that the Biden policy? We're four countries. If you come to our border, you're not allowed in to claim asylum. We turn you right around. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll work. It's worked for one month. We'll see. All right, we're holding up the headlines. The Arizona Court of Appeals has rejected Carrie Lake's challenge of the results of the 2022 midterm election. KTAR host and Valley attorney Barry Markson says the next step for Lake would be to appeal to the state Supreme Court. And she's already said she'll do that. The Court of Appeals, after the trial, has to hear the appeal and rule on it. They've now done that. The Supreme Court does not have to take the appeal. They rejected that request twice. The appeals court throughout the case due to lack of evidence surrounding her claims that broken ballot printers on Election Day were intentional. I don't care. Uh, she's yesterday's news. I have nothing to say about her. Foiled again. All right, we're holding up the headlines. <laughs> Phoenix Sky Harbor had its busiest day in history right after the Super Bowl. But you know, that wasn't the only Valley Airport that saw record numbers. KTAR's Colton Krolak is live in the news center with more. 
Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport is always busy on days surrounding the WM Phoenix Open. Still, Ryan Smith with the airport says this one was different. Monday was uh, was a normal year on steroids with the Super Bowl and with Waste Management Open and everybody coming down. Uh, we had a record year on Monday. He says it was the largest number of flights and passengers after the golf tournament and Super Bowl since the airport opened. He, add it's, he adds it's also served nearly 150 private jets, the largest number Phoenix Mesa Gateway has ever seen at one time. Live in the news center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. So I was at uh, I was at church last week, mm-hmm. and we have uh, uh, a, they have like three pastors. One of them flies in every month to do. He flies in from out of town, and so he's saying, "You guys have the most friendly airport in the world." And I was thinking, I was listening to this. He goes, ah, "As soon as I got off, I, people were saying hi to me. They were welcome. They were welcoming me here. <laughs> they were there were welcome signs. Can I help you find your bag? Do you know where you're going? Did, can I can I can I can I help you with that?" So they they had all these volunteers at the airport. Literally, they were welcoming anyone from out of town that was coming in. And I got to tell you, they did a really good job making people feel welcome. You came in for the Super Bowl. You came in to preach a, a service. You came in to watch the Open. Uh, Sky Harbor. I would, well, I would hope so. They have right? signs plastered all over Sky Harbor that says America's friendliest, friendliest airport. Right. And, and apparently it was true, at least for a period of time. Who helps you get a bag? Who well, does that? You That's know, fantastic. You know why they feel welcome. Why? Mary Jo West, the first female anchor yes. in Phoenix, works there. She She's does. one of those volunteers. Amen. And she is the nicest person you'd ever want to meet in your entire totally life. Totally agree. Totally so agree. that's why he felt so welcome. It's Mary Jo West. <laughs> We're holding up to Just her. Ah, ah. The FDA issued an assessment this week recommending opioid overdose reversing naloxone, also known as Narcan, as safe for over-the-counter sale without a prescription. Opioid expert Dr. Holly Geyer with the Mayo Clinic says... It's about time. So many people don't have access to it because of the stigma associated with addiction and because of challenges obtaining it from pharmacies. And so making it widely available is really going to help save lives. Dr. Geyer says if the move goes through, naloxone could be more widely available in the next few months, although supply might take a while to catch up. I know a few people who carry it in their car now. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if they see something, they might be able to help. I mean, that to me is just that's crazy. Some people remember what you used to do. Maybe you carry a, you know, um, you know, one of those uh, first aid kits, and you mm-hmm. put it in your. Nope. Now it's Narcan because if you see somebody passed out in a parking lot, you're like, well, he's probably overdosed on drugs. Maybe I stick this in him and, and get him back. Well, the images that we see from small towns all around the country, um, and the people passed out in their cars with the kids in the back seat, terrible. Just shows goes to show how bad a problem this is that we now have this stuff available in in stores where you could just go get it and carry it. <laughs> and the the sad thing is, it's necessary. We need to do something about drug treatment programs. All right. Every day at 3.30, we hold up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news. Oh, Gail today is in for Chad, so we interrupt it. We reacted to the day's top stories. It's all brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, the Innings Festival is back. Fantastic two-day music festival. Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, Offspring, uh, Tempe Beach Park. It's uh, February 25th and 26th. We have a contest page at KTAR.com. Go there. Chance to win tickets when we come back. Uh, hey, remember the dude, uh, Gail, who had a stroke, still won the Senate race? Yes, I do. In Pennsylvania. Uh, he may have to step down for another reason. Stick around. All right, Chad's off today. My close personal friend, Gail Bass, is my favorite TV star.
check her out. Say. CBS uh, uh, New Morning, CBS Mornings. Yes, with Gail King, Nate Burleson, and Tony DeCopel. I saw Nate at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was Nastradamus. He predicted the score and the winner. Yeah, I bet. The same score, the real score? The wow. real score and the winner. Yeah, right. he did. All right. So, uh, let's see. Uh, we've got... We've got a senator who's not well, and we knew that before the election. John Fetterman, he was running against Dr. Oz, won an election. Um, you know, you look at these two guys, and you're like, okay, this poor guy Fetterman, my goodness, he had a stroke, and Dr. Oz is Dr. Oz. So you're like, who do you vote for? You vote for a guy who had a stroke, or you vote for a crazy guy? I don't know. But Fetterman has checked into Walter Reed. So... You know, not only did he have a stroke, but now he's in there for uh, clinical depression. Um, so when do you step down? Like, I understand it's all about power because this is what these folks want. They want the power. Uh, was he fit for office? I don't think he was. You can't, you know, it was, I don't Gail, you, I don't necessarily agree because my okay. mom had a stroke. And I think, you know, once she recovered, mm-hmm. She could have been in Congress if, you know, they had wheelchair ramps for her, but she didn't use them all the time. She, it wasn't until uh, years later that she started using a wheelchair. So but I that think debate was tough to watch. That debate was, he was tough to watch. still recovering. Because he was still recovering. But right. you know what? At least he debated. Like some people didn't. Okay. So <laughs> we could true. say that. <laughs> that is, that's uh, a good so point. at least he debated. But the thing is, is that that election was so important. That people, the fact that he was recovering mm. and people still voted for him over a doctor right. who made fun of him for having a stroke, which is the last thing a doctor should be doing, I, I think, might add. Yeah, I think most people were like, we got to vote for two. Who are you going to vote for, the clown or the other clown? Well, you know, the thing is, is uh, depression, it, like mental illness has, has a stigma in this country. So people are thinking, well, you know, if I had one, what would I do? The thing is, is that. It's a disease, just like when people have a disease like alcoholism and drugs, you know, we should we tr- we should treat it like a disease. This is a disease that can be battled. And sure, there's treatment for it. So sure. I don't think he should quit just because he has because I just didn't they think he- say that they say that he's had depressive episodes in the past right. and having a stroke can actually trigger something and yes. it did yeah. so you know as long as he's getting treatment good for him that he has treatment at walter reed yeah i just think for for one reason or another both men shouldn't have run well we, one guy was a clown and the other guy was seriously ill i mean and you know you got to make a lot of a lot of important votes at senate and was it in the senate and was it his time to take that seat you can a make an of, argument but, for it, but but the depression is another thing. So he's got clinical depression, and as you said, that could you know you have a stroke, you can start to experience the depression. Yes, that can. Uh, th- if somebody has a heart attack, though, do you tell them you know you should quit? No, but, they can recover. But what if they have a heart attack before the election? Well, we know and that. Are you competent enough well, to do some, it? Some people have died while they were running for office and still won. And right. then their wife took the place. Right. But, you know, right. at this point, I think there's enough medical adva- there are enough medical advances where I'd be very reluctant to say somebody should step down unless they really unless he couldn't speak, couldn't walk, talk mm. and communicate. Then there's no reason for him. Well, I'll bottom line it. If you had a stroke and you're clinically depressed in any job, are you going to are you going to be at your best? You're not. Now, it doesn't mean you step down. Does it mean that you take a leave of absence? Let's say it's like right here at the at the radio station, mm-hmm. one of us, right? Well, we probably take a leave of absence and hopefully you recover and you come back. If you're in the Senate, 
and you've had a stroke and now you're you're uh, clinically depressed, are you up for the job? That's the question. Are think, you up for the job? But we're in a particular business where people would be very reluctant to take a leave of absence for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I know people who've been on the air here who have battled some mental health, health oh, issues. No and they've talked about it on the air. Right. But the thing is, is like if you're a teacher or if you're like working in an office, it seems like they have more leeway to do that. Nobody questions them. But when you're in the public eye, they say, well, who's going to do the morning show? Well, if you're in the public eye and you're in the Senate... What do you do? He's 53. John Fetterman. uh, He is now receiving inpatient treatment for, excuse me, clinical depression. Is he able to do his job? Is he able to go and vote? He's experienced lightheadedness. And, uh, you know, they're talking about the depression related to what happened with the, with the stroke. I don't know. I, well, I know if that happened to me, I'm probably not going to sit here and do a show. I'm not ready. I wouldn't be able to do that. So I'd have to step down. You know, after, after Ronald Reagan was shot... The man could not be president for a while, but he came back. He recovered and he came back and nobody Mm -hmm. was saying, well, you should do it. And he became the great communicator. So maybe John Fetterman can become a great communicator after this. Who knows? All right. Gail Bass is in for Chad. When we come back, do NFL owners refuse to hire black head coaches because of their wives? That's a new one. Stick around. It's Gatos and Chad show.